The following podcast intro has been approved for all audiences. The rest of the podcast, not so much. From the minds that brought you Star Wars fan films like The Unknown Discovery and Rise of the Troopers and the web series sensation 21 Days of Seton comes a podcast critics are calling A podcast, about an hour long, and it's free. In a world full of bad news that will just bum you out, it's three filmmakers who love to talk movies, TV shows, comics, and of course, Star Wars. All while letting their geek flag fly high. Oh, and they've got their own projects too. Every week, it's The 21 Podcast. Hey everybody, Dave Cottingham here and he's Chad Perkins. Hi everybody. We are 21 Productions and this is The 21 Podcast once again. We're going to do the show uh, more regularly, and I'm titling this, I didn't even tell you this, Chad, but I'm titling this episode Phase 3. That's awfully Marvel of you. Yeah, thank you. But you, it, <laughs> but you get it, right? Uh, phase 3. It's <laughs> a phase that comes after Phase 2. Right, 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 right. Um, but no, we. this is kind of the... The th- we've had that was basically our second our second kind of long hiatus, right? So right, we had one long hiatus that we restarted the podcast again and was doing that pretty regularly. And then we we've, we've had a big hiatus, not as long as we did last time, but it's been several months since we've actually done a show mm-hmm. from the Twenty One Podcast. So this is our third phase. It's true. It's true, right? Back on the wagon. <laughs> Correct, yeah. In fact, you know, because we've got some productions and some different things in the works, you know, it's kind of phase three for the company in a sense. Anyway, so. Uh, and, it's fu- and it's funny because we, you know, just a little, <clears throat> just a little um, catch up real fast, but uh, mainly what's going on is obviously a lot of work we've been doing has been centered into the network. Um which is kind of in a revamp as well right now. So, uh, and some things, other things are changing with our occupations, which is mainly post time, which a lot of the stuff that we do goes through anyway. But, um, you know, the, the big thing is, is, uh, when we, when, you know, Chad, you worked on just recently kind of a company trailer almost for us. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And it you know it, you know and I pulled remember I pulled and then I pulled out kind of the very old trailer we put I put together like when we were 5 years old. <laughs> Not when we were literally 5 no, years old. No, when the company, the company was company. Five, correct, correct, yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh <laughs> when the company was 5 years old, we you know, I put together a little company trailer right at the time. So again, like I said, that that's kind of that was kind of after the end of phase 1 which everything was kind of DV and what you put together was pretty much everything we've we've done since then you know in HD and then i feel like now it's like you know okay we've got some changes th- that have happened with the companies we work for and the companies we we do stuff for and and now we're kind of ushering in on a new phase of material mm-hmm. and kind of a different direction of shows and stuff like that which we'll bring up what you're doing and 
Um, you know, so I think it's I think it's fitting. I feel like it's fitting. Yeah. Do you get Do you get that yeah. sense? I do. I do get that sense. I do. Uh, the times they are a changing. Yeah. The winds they are a blowing. And so we're back to blowing wind here on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. And so. I and I feel like I want to. <laughs> You know, th- this show, because like I said, the network's changing, uh, which we'll talk about when it actually officially happens and stuff like that. But, you know, this show, I want to make sure we keep keep doing what we normally do, which is just geek out on stuff. But I like, you know, I want to get back to kind of what we were doing uh, kind of earlier in the phase one of the show was a little more back to educating a little bit on the film side. You know, mm-hmm. because we are Twenty One Productions, we we do we do films, we do short films, we do uh, series, web series, we do kind of. I don't even know what do you, what do you call like um, like talk shows, I guess, or you okay? Yeah, with that? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I dropped my phone and I was fishing for it, and uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was a whole it was a whole thing. Too bad this isn't video. Um, what was the question? <laughs> no, it wasn't a question. I was just saying, like, I want to get back to kind of doing some of the stuff we d- were doing kind of in the phase phase one part of the show years ago, which is kind of educating a little bit and uh, talking about, like, what, what gears out there we're using and what gear is good out there for filmmakers and for, for web stuff, you know? I mean, because there's a lot of people now, obviously, doing web shows and live streaming and... Uh, you know, there's just so much technology out there now that I think, you know, I know, and I know you started doing a show kind of based on that kind of like the gear me thing, yeah, which is great. And we might, you know, obviously maybe start doing that again, but you know, stuff like that. I want to, that's, I want to, I want to geek out a little bit on the show still, like we're going to do on this one, but you know, I still want to kind of throw, talk about that kind of stuff, especially when we do stuff with, with new gear and, we're trying, you know, we tried new things, especially with the live show and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. that's, that's where we're going to go with this. That's where we're going to do it. Absolutely. This. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, edge, edutainment. Edutainment. That, wow. <laughs> Has that been trademarked? Cause, uh, I don't, probably not trademarked, but I, I'm definitely not the first person to say it. Oh, that's the first time I've heard it. Edu- probably not. I don't know. It, it's my first time I've heard it. Well, there you go. All right. Edu. What'd you say? Education. Edutainment. 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 Education and entertainment smashed together. <sighs> you need you need to make a show called that. Edutainment. <laughs> you, you got your education in in my entertainment. You got my <laughs> entertainment in your education. It's yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. Entercated. Educate. Entercated. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so obviously, yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get into that more stuff. But you know, first off, we haven't since we haven't been on the show and done the show in a while. There's a lot, uh, and Russ wanted to uh, get on here too, but he's kind of uh, he's kind of he's kind of injured right now. He's broken, and he's uh, yeah, and he's <laughs> uh, no, he's actually he said he said man, I, I would, but I'm I'm laid up on the couch, icing his icing my knee. Uh, so he's got a bruised knee. He's out. He's got to kind of be light on his feet for a few weeks, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back on here shortly. 
So I do want to kick off um, kind of catching up on one of my favorite things, maybe not Chad's favorite thing, but kind of DC EU, which is the DC Extended Universe, which is the films now that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year so far, basically we got two releases. Uh, we got um, B- uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice back in March, and then we just recently got Suicide Squad last weekend. Uh, it's approaching its second weekend here this weekend, and it's actually expected to do pretty well, even though a lot of criticism has, has bashed it. But, but, um, but, I, I, but, I, well, I'm, I am going to do those little little stingers that we got. So here, here, here we go. Get ready to do uh, doing the movie reviews. And now, movie talk. All right, back on the back to talking about it now. After that, um, so Chad, if you can remember, and and you should yeah. be able to because you you have recently seen the Ultimate Edition, correct? Right, a, a BVS. So yes. So let's start there. Let's start there. What what was your takeaway from the theater experience and then the Ultimate Edition experience? Well, you know, um, when I saw it in the theater, I. I was surprised by all the um, critical backlash by it. I, I was much more entertained, and <clears throat> I was I was fine with the theatrical version, mm-hmm. um, which I know a lot of people were too, but there's also a lot of criticism. Um, so, yeah, I think I enjoyed that more than I thought I actually was. Because, you know, as you know, I had my reservations about... Um, Affleck as Batman and so on and so forth, but I thought he did a great job. But when I saw the um, the director's cuts, the R-rated version of the movie, it did fill in a lot of these questions that did come up after you know you kind of digest the theatrical version. You're like, well, wait a second, what you know? Da, 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 da. When I was watching the theater, I was just having a good time. Mm-hmm. Now, just I, I was just enjoying it. Um, even though I wasn't too thrilled about how they did Doomsday, but I, after seeing the movie, I, I liked how he kept, he started getting more bones cause that was a thing, you know, being a nineties comic book <clears throat> reader and yeah. so forth. But, um, the movie or the, um, the ultimate edition definitely filled in a lot of that missing story. And my takeaway from it was I did enjoy it more than the theatrical version but I just wish they could have kept those things in there without adding another 30 minutes, you know, for the theater. I I just wish they they could have chosen other things to take out, leave in the things that filled in the gaps. There's more motivation for Batman to go after Superman. Uh, There's more motivation with Lex, Uh, you know, just everything, the, the, the whole stuff in the desert that was made more sense everything just made more sense so i just wish that they could have i feel like it, it was kind of the fault of the editor in that theatrical version and of course can't blame it always just on the editor it was the studio or whoever yeah it was giving notes but i think they just kind of dropped the ball in the theatrical version by the way that it was cut 
My other thing <clears throat> is, man, did Schneider want to make this thing R from the get-go? Because there was these scenes that you would just know you're not going to be able to show burning dead bodies in a PG-13 movie. Uh, yeah. Does he just shoot whatever the hell he wants to and <laughs> and just waits for, you know, um, the NBAA to come back and say, you've got to... You're at an R right now, and you have to change things. It just, it just. Well, you know, like there was, yeah, yeah. But well, you know, he didn't write it, and that's probably in the script. So maybe, maybe. I mean, but he chose how to show the things in the script, which was very R-rated. Well, yeah. I mean, so, possibly. I, don't know. I mean, I mean, it probably said in the script that there was a bunch of, as a pile of dead bodies of, and then set the fire. You know, I mean. Because because it's in the theatrical ver it's in the theatrical version. You just they don't see them lighting them. Yeah. So you know when when the group is leaving the the place the there's a there's a pile there you see of a flame, but you don't mm -hmm. see them. You don't see what's his name uh, igniting it, the Russian. Yeah, uh, it's just not as clear. Correct. Correct. You know, I, I, and later on it's like you know Superman burned all these bodies and half the time and you know when you're watching the theater it's like when did that happen. You know, right. So, so right away it's like, okay, well, he's obviously getting set up, or somebody's lying, something somewhere. Yeah. But 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 the question is too is did you so if so say say the three hour version was a theatrical version would you have do you think you would have felt like it was too long walking out of the theater? I don't know. That's kind of hard to because I feel measure. like like when I watched the ultimate, I watched it. Right when it was available, I bought the digital version, and I was, and, and and tell you what, it was close to midnight when I because it came out at midnight actually, and I went and bought it digitally, and I started watching it, thinking, okay, I'll watch a little bit tonight, and then I'll watch it. I sat through the whole thing, and I felt like it was shorter than the theatrical version, mm -hmm. because it played so well, and it felt like each scene led into the next scene easier and it just flowed better to me. So I, I so in my opinion, like I felt like I would have I felt like I would if I would have watched it in the theater, I would have felt like walking out of there thinking, wow, that was three hours. Hmm. I watched mine in two parts because I did start it late and I did fall asleep. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't you know I can't I can't speak on that metric I'll have to try to you know start it during the day or early evening and watch it all the way through right but, um I just feel like I wouldn't have thought that it was shorter than the theatrical version uh if it had played in the theater that long I don't know I I don't I remember not thinking that the theatrical version was too long, so if they added another 30 minutes, I probably would have been okay with it. I mean, again, as long as the story was more flushed out, I don't think that's, you know... Right. I don't think anyone would have complained about that, personally. So, be honest. Mm-hmm. Batfleck, what do you think? I already told you. I thought he was all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, th I thought. Um, I I don't want to speak badly about your boy, but <laughs> I liked Batman and Wonder Woman the best out of the three heroes. 
you mean you mean because of the movie or you don't like Henry Cavill as Superman? No, it has nothing to do with Cavill. I think Cavill uh does a great job. Yeah. I, I think it's just the way that they're writing the story and directing him and portraying him. You know. Well, you know, and here here's my takeaway too about it because I do want to point out, you know, like you were saying, like you weren't you like me, you weren't understanding why the DC movie, especially this one, they're just getting killed by critics. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. Um I really liked Man of Steel. Um and I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes right now. Seventy five percent of the audience liked Man of Steel. Uh fifty five percent of the critics, which is the highest mm-hmm. of the three that are out there. Batman Oof. Superman, twenty seven percent by the Whoa, critics. It- I wouldn't think it. Wow. Yes. Jeez. But 65% of the audience liked it. Okay. And then Suicide Squad is exactly the same, 27% of the critics. And 70% of the audience liked Suicide Squad, which we'll talk about in a minute. So, you know, they're they're getting killed, you know, critically. You know, which is funny because there's a theory. Did I tell you about this theory I read about it? I don't think so. Okay. So I'll bring that up in a second to remind me about the theory. So, but but as far as going back to what I um, about Man of Steel, like or about Henry Cavill, is I I I heard I heard an interview, um, a written interview, I read an interview with uh, Snyder, and it, it completely made me. And, I, and it, this was this was between watching the Ultimate Ver, uh, Ultimate Edition and the theatrical. So it was, you know a few months ago, but. He was talking about how when he was hired for Man of Steel, his vision of starting this DC universe was a trilogy of movies. Was Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and then Justice League, which mm-hmm. are the three movies he's directing. And if you look at it like that, to me, though, it actually makes perfect sense. Um, and it makes sense in the flow of the f- of the films to me, because you have Man of Steel here that introduces the characters. Right in the beginning of every trilogy, is the, kind of the introduction of characters. So you're introduced to Superman, you're introduced to, to Lois Lane, you're introduced to aliens coming into the world, and how the world responds to that. And then he obviously saves the world. And then you have the middle trilogy, which is supposed to be the darkest of the three, right? Empire Strikes Back, uh, you know, uh, even Back to the Future Two, if you want to say it. Um, usually, the middle the middle movie is always the darkest mm-hmm. because it's it's kind of putting the situ- the characters in the worst possible situation, and then in the third movie they kind of get out and everything's happy, right? So, if you look at it that way, Batman Superman is is dark for a reason, and not only dark because it's Batman, you have to, I mean, there's not really any bright movies that Batman's in, but you're putting these characters at the, their worst, right? Batman and Superman fighting each other. Um, now I see a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of it's manipulated by Lex and all that, but, um, but if you think of it that way, because Justice League now is the uniting of these heroes, right? Mm-hmm. To fight kind of a universal, um, um, villain that's kind of or galactic villain, whatever you want to say, Darkseid or his brother Stephen Wolf, whatever is happening there. Um, but you have 
if you look at it like that, then it, it to me it makes sense more um, of how the stories are, are unfolding. Does that? What do you think about that? Yeah, um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I yeah, that, that makes sense. But it, I, I just I don't f- going back to which hero did I enjoy the most? Yeah, in Batman v Superman. I just don't think Superman is getting any um, fun things to do. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just not he's not being given anything good. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that, and it's it is a but I, and I think I mean the only thing I can throw at it is that um, what we're seeing is. I think in every kind of incarnation of Superman, be it Christopher Reeve Superman, be it the um, Dean Cain series, you know, be it the Smallville series, you you see a acceptance of who he is and what he stands for. And Snyder, and for some reason, I guess Warner Brothers in DC right now, they're kind of showing what possibly the real world, how they would react to Superman because it's kind of like you have half the people thinking he's a savior and a God. And then you have half that are afraid of him and that including Batman, that he can take over the world. So he needs to be eliminated. So there's, there's never been that. You've never seen that. And you rarely, you obviously never seen it in the comics really. Because he's kind of he's already Superman. Everybody thinks he's the the greatest superhero kind of thing. So it's definitely a different take. And I don't think like like you're saying. I don't think a lot of people are they don't want to see that Superman. They want to see the one that they they're kind of used to in the books and stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, because because like you're saying, it's he's not because I mean, look at Batman and Superman. You're I mean, more than I mean, pretty much his whole storyline is there's people that are there's obviously this government, right? The government's Holly Hunter is trying to make him part of society, like make him part of society, hold him accountable to for his actions, even though he's saving people. Um, so every time he does, and then he gets questioned about it, but then there's people that are letting Batman kind of do what he wants to without going after him. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. So he's questioning why why people are accepting Batman and not accepting him. Um, so it's, it's a very psychological side of yeah, and I think it's it's unfortunately it's Superman's character. You know, you compare this right. to like X Men. X Men are feared in the movies. They're they're not under, understood because they're mutants. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of mutant haters, but majority of their personalities are just like, you know, so what? We we are who we are. We're gonna we're gonna do this. Whereas Superman is such a, a good guy that he he takes it all personally, and you know he's right. like. Why? Why don't they just accept me? Why do they hate me? And you know this this type of thing. And I think that's why everyone's saying, "Oh, he's brooding and he's emo Superman." Yeah, very. And and, and this type of thing. So I think it's just an unfortunate. It, it's it's good that it this is a new 
angle uh, on Superman movies that we haven't seen. Yeah. And on the other side of the coin, it's bad because of how his personality, the character's personality reacts to that. Mm -hmm. That I I think just people aren't used to, they weren't expecting that type of thing. So it's just, you know, I, I think when we get three or four movies down the road, people will look back at these and they will see that arc and they will see, you know. Yes. They'll see it in hindsight, but right now it's just, it's, it's really tough for people. And that, and that's a very important word you just said. I think I think there is an arc. And I think once Justice League and, you know, they just announced that they're actively working on Man of Steel 2, you uh-huh. know, maybe at that point you see, like you said, you see the emergence of the Superman we all know and love. Mm-hmm. And the world has accepted him because, you know, maybe he, you know, helped stop Darkseid or whatever, you know, or blah, blah, blah. And, um, because I do think that's probably where they're going with it. I mean, you know, yeah, it's so crazy because, and it's hard. And to me, I think it's very hard to to compare this to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because no one knew those characters. Yeah, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. I mean, you know, you read about them, but you never saw them on screen before, and there were no TV shows about them and stuff like that. So it's like. All you know, like, and, and I'm speaking mainly for myself because I never read Marvel really. So, you know, when I watched Iron Man for the first time, I'm like, man, that, this is a cool character, you know. And mm-hmm. and he kind of got introduced to us, and he kind of established himself. And then obviously, they they went the route of obviously introducing these characters with every movie. Whereas in DC right now, they're they are relying on the audience to kind of already know who these characters are. Um, especially Batman and especially Wonder Woman, um, and mainly the Justice League because obviously we're not getting a lot of origin with, you know, Flash and um, Aquaman and all those guys are already existing, right? So, um, it's it's a it's, I mean we've talked about that before. It's a different route, um, but again, I you know I don't know. I've always been, I've always been like. One of those, uh, you know, one of those guys critical as uh, a critical of critics that say, you know, ah, it's just not enough backstory, or I don't care about him because I don't, you know, I don't know, I, it, 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 I don't know how much backstory you really need to lay out, and I don't think an entire movie needs to be a backstory to, yeah, to fall in love with a character or to like a character, in my opinion, yeah, you know, yeah, and the and the whole thing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe existing first it is. I think good and bad. It's good because it it has shown um just say Hollywood for lack of a better term that su- superhero movies can consistently be done well. So that's good. Right. The bad thing is well, Marvel did it first and they're doing it this way, so we better do something the opposite. True. Yeah. So, yeah, that's very true. Kind of bad, but but I also think that I also think that Marvel Disney, if you you know Disney, if you say it, obviously, they own, I think they're they they've selected a certain tone, you know, and a certain feel and look of their films, mm-hmm. um, and they stuck with it, and it's paid off because everybody kind of gravitates that you know a little humorous, a little lighter, a little brighter. Um, but you know, 
DC and Warner Brothers, obviously DC is owned by Warner Brothers, but it's they've just because the, I really do think that they've if you look at it and you like Man of Steel for for instance, like actually Man of Steel, all these movies. I mean, they've got. I mean, they got major talent in these movies. I mean, they're pulling a lot of good, good, you know, actors. You know, I mean, Holly Hunter never does good, never does roles. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she's she's very picky on what she does. And you, know, you got Lawrence Fishburne in there. You got obviously Amy Adams is a huge Oscar. She's Oscar nominated almost every year. Um, you know, and obviously Ben Affleck is 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 an Oscar winner. He just came off Argo a couple years ago. You know, and then you got uh, Gal Gadot is kind of rising i mean she's done a ton of stuff but um i feel like you know um you know obviously uh jeremy irons you know as alfred um you've got uh, to me they're not making a superhero movie they're trying to make just a movie yeah kind of what nolan did with his dark knight trilogy you know what i mean he wasn't necessarily making a superhero movie. He was just trying to make a good movie. And if you think about it, a lot of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture throughout the you know every year, a ton of them are very dramatic and very dark. Yeah, movies. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just think that I feel like that's the route they went, and it's not paying off on. I mean, obviously, most fans are liking it because the audience rating is high, but critics aren't buying it. They want to see a happy superhero movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But real quick, the uh, the theory that I read that someone put out there was that, and it came from a, it came from a writer, a critic, and he's, he, he just, I won't get into the full details, but basically he said that his theory is that most of these writers that are tied to Rotten Tomatoes are actually um, Disney stockholders. <laughs> so huh. obviously, when they talk their when they talk a Marvel movie up, people go see it, which helps their dividends. And yeah. when no one goes to see a Warner Brothers movie <laughs> or a DC <laughs> movie, then you know I don't know. Anyway, so moving on. Um, Directly into what we saw last weekend, uh, Suicide Squad. So, what's your uh, what was your take on Suicide? Now they you know that they actually just announced that there's probably going to be an ultimate edition of Suicide Squad too. Oh jeez, <laughs> is, is it supposed to be R rated? <coughs> no, they. I don't think it's R rated. I think it's just. Um, I think actually the the interview was weird. David Ayers, who directed it, actually said there was like seven cuts of the movie. Wow, because there were. They went a they they went a different way, you know. Telling it basically, and, and a lot of it centered around the Joker Harley story, right? Um, because apparently there was more of it. Yeah, like um, Jared Leto's pissed because half of his scenes were cut out of the movie, right? So, um, so anyway, but uh, overall review of uh, Suicide Squad last weekend. Well, I was I was probably more anxious to see this movie than uh batman versus superman honestly a- at least just as anxious and i had probably higher expectations for it mm-hmm. and um i overall i was entertained 
but I was let down. You were let down, huh? I was let down, yeah. I didn't enjoy this movie that much. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so why? Just, several reasons. I felt it was just too convoluted. I just think there was, there was too many characters in it. Uh, I think the editing was weird. Um, there was, you know, inconsistencies with the editing. I didn't like Jared Leto's Joker. He He's just not the Joker for me. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I wasn't down with the stylistic choices of it either. You know, it was kind of like, it was sort of like a Scott Pilgrim type of movie with, you know, the things flashing up on screen and, and yeah, you know, that's very comic booky. Luckily, they didn't do, like, the uh, Hulk movie where they actually had panels, you know, come up on the screen for transitions and stuff. Yeah. But um, I don't know. And I, and I think a lot of the jokes just didn't land. Um, you know, when there's, like, I think it was Rick Flagg. They were scrolling up uh, when he was being introduced, his stats, and one of them had something to do with his golf game. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, ah. Uh, Okay, I get it. This one's trying to be jokier, which I was excited about, but I just, I just don't think that it didn't land. And also, they they ruined a lot of Harley Quinn's good moments by showing it in the trailers and on TV so much that like a lot of her lines were in the trailers and and the TV commercials. Right. So when you finally saw him on the big screen you would expect like this big laugh from the audience and it was at least the theater I was in. It was just kind of like, <laughs> you know, because everyone had seen it so many times. Um, I thought killer croc did basically nothing. I-, I didn't find his little things funny either. Like when they're in the bar and he's like me, he takes his hoodie down. I'm beautiful. Like that's, <laughs> not funny that's i i didn't i didn't laugh at that um then captain boomer or um yeah captain boomerang leaves when rick flag says whoever wants to leave can leave and he zips out of there which is pretty funny but then five minutes later they're doing the walking towards the camera montage thing or not montage but sequence and then he just shows right back up i also didn't think that there was enough motivation for these criminals to even when they uh, are released to still keep fighting. You know, I know there's the whole honor amongst thieves, but I don't think any of these thieves had honor. You know, de- definitely not for each other. Uh, so I just didn't feel like that there was... I feel like a couple characters, like El Diablo was motivated, um, Deadshot was motivated, maybe, maybe Harley Quinn, but the others, just I didn't feel like they had the motivation to keep going for the mission uh oh another just popping out of nowhere uh katana when she just shows up on the helicopter like this is katana what (laughs) from from left field okay um so the joker uh he to me came across more as just an unhappy thug i he was hardly laughing at all he was just like this blinged out mobster 
when he uh should we say spoilers is that is that obvious yeah spoilers <laughs> when he's talking to uh to common in the in the club and you know he's obviously pissed off by what he's what common i forget the character's names so we're just gonna call him common yeah uh what common said about harley quinn you know that joker's gonna kill him but he doesn't do it in a what I would consider a, a Joker way, you know, there was no like I'm gonna do a magic trick, and he puts the pencil down and then pushes his head into the pencil. He just takes a gun out and just shoots him. I was like that. That's there's no imagination there. There's no trick. There's no Joker esque ness for me of that. Um, and I guess I was just I, I was a real big fan of the '90s cartoon. So the whole Joker Holly Quinn relationship it was always it was never shown that he cared about harley is that he manipulated her when he needed to and then uh, other than that he was slapping her around and russell and i were talking about this and he made he made a good point it was like you're not going to get uh in a live action you know joker slapping around harley quinn and i'm like i agree that's that's not what i was looking for but in the cartoon she was just infatuated with Joker, and you could—you never could tell that he actually cared about her. Um, but in this, he jumps after her into the chemicals after starting to walk away. Then, like, oh, and then he goes, and you know, and he's—it's obvious that he cares about her, and that's another thing with the Joker. I, you just want to see him burning the the pile of cash, you know, like in the Dark Knight. That's the nihilistic Joker that I like. So it just wasn't the Joker for me, you know? I, I also didn't think, and he wasn't in there a whole lot, you can argue, to uh, sell us on his version, but I think he had opportunities, and one of them was that scene in the club. And there were a few scenes where he had enough time to make us go like, wow, you know, he's really chewing the scenery, he's really showing us his take on this character, we just didn't get it. I just thought it, it felt it fell uh, kind of flat for me. Now I did I listened to a Kevin Smith um, review on the movie. <clears throat> Kevin Smith loved it. Yep. But he was saying that uh, Paul Dini, the co-creator of Harley Quinn, was like, "Wow, I was really surprised that you know this version of the Joker really cared about Harley Quinn, and I kind of got choked up on it that he actually cared about her." So apparently, co-creator. Is was okay with the portrayal, but that that don't change nothing for me. So you know, <laughs> just uh, just saying how I felt. But yeah, so that's that's my takeaway. Yeah, I um, I I I I really liked the movie. Um, I've read uh, several stories of Suicide Squad. Um, in the books, um, my first introduction to the Suicide Squad was actually Smallville. Um, when um, when Checkmate and Amanda mm-hmm. Waller we put together a Suicide Squad, uh, so I, I remember thinking like, "Oh, everybody's going crazy on you know online about Suicide Squad. What are they talking about?" And I looked it up. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, great. A, a group of villains, you know that." get together and go out and save the world and 
and help where the heroes can't and do stuff, you know, covertly and blah, 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 blah. And obviously there's been uh, hundreds of different combinations of Suicide Squad members, right? So Mm -hmm. um, then, of course, it's also brought up on – it's been brought up on um, uh, kind of Arrow-ish, right? Um, Right. Where Deadshot and – you had a shot of Harley Quinn, actually, in in prison. Uh, A laugh, right? In a laugh, yeah, from the original Harley Quinn. Uh-huh. Um, from the animated series, you know. So then, and then of course, I you know, New Fifty Two. I, I start, you know, New Fifty Two had uh, Black Manta was in there, Deadshot, uh, Harley Quinn, uh, Captain Boomerang, people like that. Um, and, and and again, yeah, it's driven by Amanda Waller and Argus and all this stuff, blah blah. blah. So I I liked the fact that I mean I liked the fact that they had a lot of characters that I'm familiar with. I thought that was basically a big geek moment, you know, mm-hmm. killer croc. I mean, come on, never seen killer croc on screen before, you know? And yeah, but he was wasted. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's, I, I don't know how, I don't know how else you do him besides CG. And I didn't, I would rather have this than a CG killer croc. Um, yeah, but I'm just still, he just, he didn't do much. He didn't do well. He, he, I mean, he's basically sacrificed himself um, in the in the end uh, with the bomb, which a villain wouldn't do. But again, see, I think to me, what I saw was I saw I saw a lot of character development through this through this, and 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 what was so I I thought what was the best part of the movie, honestly, was how fast it started. Like there really was a build up. Like they just, I mean, they went. They just went going, and, and and all of a sudden they're gearing up and going into the fight, like by the mm-hmm. first plot point, you know. So it's like uh, I I loved how because I did I think my knock my big knock in the movie was I felt it actually slowed down too much in the middle, um, when when they started walking around the city and talking a lot, I felt like a lot of that could have, could have been condensed, um, but to me I th- I think it. I think between their interactions and the way they were fighting and the way that they were realizing how big of a because here's the thing is that what 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 to me what made sense was when they you know for one I got to say that I'm I wasn't really impressed with Rick Flag because that role was supposed to be Tom Hardy's and I think he would have killed it oh yeah um so I really didn't like the guy that played Rick Flag for sure and Rick Flag is not a major character in fact that guy's supposed to be Steve Trevor. But mm-hmm. Steve Trevor is in the past with Wonder Woman, so you know they went a different route with him. Um, so anyway, but you know what? What so? What um, you know? What, what I liked about really about what happened was you know these guys, these characters. If you if you have these characters go in and fight against other humans, or like a terrorist attack or something like that, you know. I don't think they I think it becomes normal for them and they don't they don't develop. That's why I actually think it was a great idea for them when they wrote this thing that you had to make it a, a, a either an alien thing or a magical thing so that these characters could actually fully engage the threat of what's happening. Well yeah, I mean if it was actual people you couldn't have Deadshot mowing them down and 
keep that PG thirteen rating either. Well, well, but you could because that's what happens in the books, right? I mean, they go they go in and they go in and kill people sometimes. Um, but that's what I'm saying is, yeah, I mean, you could have done that in the movie. I mean, obviously, you would have had to, yeah, do it differently. But, um, but I, but that, but what I'm saying is that I think that's part of the storytelling. Also, is that you have to have something that's so, uh, you know, the, the gravity of the situation had to be so great that they had to realize that if they don't do anything, then they're, I mean, they're not going to exist either. Um, so I, I just thought that was the enchantress part. I knew when I first heard about that, I was like, you know, enchantress is not usually a suicide squad member. In fact, I don't know any story that she is. Um, now, now granted, I think Casey was telling me that they actually, they actually did take a lot from a story arc of the suicide squad in one of the older books. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, maybe enchantress was really part of that. Um, but I don't, I never read it, so I don't know. All I know her from is really from the just the dark side of things, you know, the Constantine and Zatanna always fight her. Right. So what's well, see, I, I, yeah, just about, just about her. I had uh, read somewhere that it wasn't really enchantress. It was, uh, this succubus and her brother is incubus. Yes. That's from, a, that's from the comic book. Yeah. And that was never like really explained. Well, I don't think that, I don't think that that was interpreted in the movie. That's, that something else got into June moon besides enchantress. It was like this other. Entity. Well, I mean, they may, it's possible they may change that, but I, I think they adapted this to where that's it, that it was enchantress. I mean, it's, I think they changed that part of the story, but that, but because I because I, I heard the same thing from fans, but no one from the DC side said no. That's not Enchantress. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that people are saying, yeah, in the books it's not Enchantress; it's something else, or because Enchantress is um, again like part of the uh, dark universe of justice of uh, of DC. So yeah, I mean, I, th- I th- but again, I thought it, it could have been any different type of magical or alien threat. Um, they chose Enchantress because it was similar to the story in the book, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I thought, I thought, you know, obviously Slipknot was a useless character. They had to show. They oh, it was so obvious that he was going to die just because he didn't get the uh, graphic that showed yes. a- about him. And he just showed up. Yes. And it was weird because, so they take, Captain Boomerang out of like that bag and he stands up and he punches somebody. And then two minutes later, this car drives up and it's Slipknot and he gets out and he punches somebody. And I was like, did we just do that gag? <laughs> um, but yeah, but the fact that he just showed up and he didn't get a uh, title screen, it was like, well, he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. As soon as, as soon as they started talking about escaping, I'm like, Oh, that's why he's there. Yeah. He's just going to yeah. die. Um, so it goes to show you that they, yeah, the bomb was real and blah, 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 blah. So, which was fine, whatever that, that I could have done without that. But, um, but you know, I mean, I, I thought, um, I mean, I thought, I thought Amanda Waller was spot on, um, yeah. from what I know of her from the books and from the shows and stuff like that she's been on. She, 
her character's always been very true to form, which is very uh, just a very ruthless um, government official. Uh, the way she just like wiped out her whole team, um, shocking. But again, right. that's Amanda Waller. She's the real villain of the movie. It's very true. I mean, she she's a she's she is a truly do, does what it takes person. I mean, for for security purposes, you know. So, um, but she's always been like that. I mean, Argus is a very that's a you know that's the thing is most people may not know Argus is a very it's a very different type of government organization. I mean, it's not like I mean they're not operating under any rules. It's mm-hmm. it's like we do what we do to protect this world. And if you don't like it, you just get out of the way or you die. And, yeah. you know, there's, and Steve Trevor, you know, that's the thing about Steve Trevor is he always, he was part of that forever, but then he's like, you know, when the Justice League got formed, he's like, no, you know what, they're doing it right. You know, so he always kind of gravitated more towards Wonder Woman and the Justice League and blah, blah, blah. But, um, so anyway, digressing a little bit, but, you know, overall, I, so, so to me, I felt, I felt like the characters that end up making making it to the end against Enchantress. To me, I felt like they had motivation and they had reason, and I felt like they developed their relationship throughout by saving each other, you know, uh, and 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 fighting with each other. Now, and then when you get to the Joker, yeah, I agree with you. Um. I agree with you that this obviously does not does doesn't hold a candle to Heath Ledger's Joker, um, mm-hmm. but it is a different. I mean, obviously, it's a different Joker. It's a different type, um, a different take, and I think you have to do that. I think I don't think there's any way you can go back and do any. You can't do a Jack Joker. You can't do a Heath Joker. I mean, you got to do something different, and this is the different that they chose. And and I think the only to me the only thing that saved it. To me, the only thing that saved it was his love for Harley Quinn. Because if he didn't have that, I would not have cared about him whatsoever. And I would have been like, yeah, okay, so here's some gangster. But I liked, I really liked, and I and I don't I and I felt like if he was in it more, I think it would have ruined it. Because mm-hmm. I think because every scene that he was in, if you think about it, every scene he was in was motivated by his love for Harley. Every scene. So to, that's why, to me, I think it was enough. Um, and a quick backstory thing on, I don't know if you knew this, if you read this, but there was a talk to, about David Ayer about um, why he has those, uh, you know, a grill like that. Like mm-hmm. those are all fake teeth because Batman knocked him out. Yeah, we figured. Yeah, so... Well, I mean, I figured he just got tatted up and put fake teeth on, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but there was a reason for that. And, you know, obviously it's kind of, it's revealed really shortly that Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn helped kill Robin with with Joker. They both basically did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you catch that? No. So, so you know, when, the, when, you, when they're doing the information on the characters? Yeah. There's a line on hers that is up there for literally like a second. And it says an accomplice to the death of Robin. So, um, so obviously the, the whole suit in Batman and Superman Joker and and Harley Quinn are the ones that killed him. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, but, but, but I love, you know, I like you, 
you've never seen that side. You never seen because even in the book, you know, it's like even in the books, it's like I think I think I think in some stories, Joker cares for her, but he's not really in love with her. You know, he doesn't. She gets caught. She gets caught. You know, it's like, but in this, it's like I got to save her. She's caught. I got to save her. Yeah. And I thought that scene where she gets on the jumps on the chopper and it's going down. He pushes her out. It's like. I was like, man, that's that's good shit, man. Um, you know, I thought I, I I don't know. I thought they did it well. I thought she killed it as Harley Quinn. Um, so I liked that part. I thought I thought I really I, I really did like that part. Now, the only, the only part that kind of made me laugh was a little bit was okay. She has she has a baseball bat and she's surviving through all this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only part I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um. But now no, so so. So overall, I, and I, I tell you what, I loved the scenes where Batman showed up. Um, I loved the Flash, you know, quick cameo, you know, because that's mm-hmm. his villain, Captain Boomerang's the one. He's you know, he's a rogue. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I overall, I, I thought it was, you know, yeah, the editing could have been better, but I don't know, it didn't bother me that much um, because I thought there was just enough, just enough flashbacks. Um, because of DC does DC's been doing a lot of that. Obviously, Man of Steel had a lot of flashbacks in it. Batman yeah. Superman had some flashbacks in it, so they're they, they're doing that that theme. Yeah. Uh, what are you about to say? Something? I was gonna say. Well, yeah, I didn't talk about what I did like about it. Oh, right. Um, I thought Viola Davis as Amanda Waller was amazing. Yes. Besides, um. Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn it was the best acting in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn now. Just like Heath Ledger is Joker, I feel like. <laughs> um, yeah, she did a great job. Um, what else did I like? I liked the Batman scenes because he seemed more like the Batman that I know. You know, he took out handcuffs. He handcuffed uh, Deadshot. He dove into the water to save Harley, and I love how you know he had the Batman, uh, you know, respirator or whatever you call it, that he obviously just got out of his utility belt and put on before he dived in, which is awesome. Right. Um, now here's a quick question. Yeah. I, I think I know the answer, but do you f- did you think at all when you were seeing that did, is that the Batman before or after Batman Superman? Before. You think it's before? Yeah, I think it's definitely before. I don't think it's before, though. I think it is. Because, and the only reason I'm saying that is because that, because, because Harley Quinn, at least, at least what I was, at least what I was gathering from it, Deadshot and Harley Quinn was just recently acquired. They were just recently captured because think about it, his daughter hasn't aged that much. Yeah. And I don't think they're and the only reason again I'm saying that is because I don't think they're they're trying to go linear here. They're not trying to you know obviously there's there those are there's those flashbacks, but I think those there's still those flashbacks are just between the timeline though, still, of Batman Superman in this movie. Because because think about it. He's a changed Batman because of Batman Superman. That's why he has the handcuffs. 
again. That's why he's diving in and saving him because he said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fail him in life. I failed him in death, but I'm not going to fail him in life. Maybe. Again, that's why it's, to me, it says a lot of what happens in Batman Superman. You had a Batman for 20 years trying to save Gotham and just basically made it worse with all these villains. And then it changed him. And then when Superman shows up, it even made him cruel. Like that's what Alfred says, right? Your powerlessness turns you cruel. Mm-hmm. And he's branding all these guys. Well then because of Superman and because of what happened, helping save Martha, it's like, okay, he died for me. I am going to now be the guy that I should have been. And that's what we saw in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I guess that'll explain why Superman didn't help with the big light in the sky. <laughs> well, yeah, well, he's dead. Yeah, he's he's dead. Yeah, they they mm-hmm. addressed that. Yeah, um, because that's why people at the end spoilers the end credit sequence. You know, people were assuming they were like, "Oh, that so that happened before Batman and Superman." I was like, "No, it's after." Or, or I'm sorry, they're saying that that happened. Uh, that the Justice League is already that this is after Justice League. Like he's getting the files so that no one else knows about him, or he's ca- he's taking those files. So no, I didn't think that. I thought so he could go find them. Right. So and I said the same thing. But there are some that said because he's just because he says either stop it or my friends and I will. That he's in court insinuating that he already put the team together. Nah, I don't I, think so. See, I agree with you. So, but but there's some, like Corey and Casey felt like uh, it's after he'd already kind of met with them. Do you think Amanda Waller knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman? I think clearly she said it. Basically, she didn't say it. Well, she said right. I. She said you you should change what you do, spend how you spend your nights. Right, because you look tired. Well, she, that just <laughs> that just could have meant you know you're meeting with me for to get this information about metahumans tonight at night, you know, it, it could have been taken. Different could ways. have been, but I think she knows. I mean, I, I don't think it's, and, and people knock that too. I heard, I saw people in forums like, what does fucking everybody know who Batman is? You know, it's like, um, but I, you know, I, I took it as that she knows, but she's, yeah, she's on board with it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else do you like? Uh, that might That's it. have been, that might have been it. Uh, I, so this is not one you'll watch again? I'm not going to run out and, and buy it the day it comes out. I am. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll probably <laughs> eventually acquire it and rewatch it, especially if it's a different cut, because I'd be anxious to see if they fixed things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, no, overall, I, it wasn't what I was hoping for. It really yeah. wasn't. Oh, I also, I also didn't like how the the big solution f- to how to kill Incubus, if that's who that was, this big magical in- entity, was just a bomb. It seems like that's a that's the part of the movie where you think you have the solution, you think it works, and then oh, here he comes, and you have to think of you know a better way to do it. But the bomb actually did it. It was a bomb. I mean, a bomb kind of solves a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, but this is magic. Well, this is supposed to be something 
that you know just well, the military again, couldn't take care of. It had to be superheroes with super powers, and you know. But that's the know. thing is these guys really don't have that many of them have are metahumans. I mean, you have Diablo, right? Is a metahuman, yeah. But that's mm-hmm. who. Else? I mean, that's it, right? Whoever's left, um, yeah. So yeah, they're not really. And that's and Suicide Squad's always been kind of like that because if they're metahumans, you really couldn't lock them up because they just yeah. kind of break out somehow, you know. Mm-hmm. So most of them are just yeah humans. Um, Deadshot obviously is an incredible marksman, and Harley's Harley, and uh, Captain Boomerang can throw some boomerangs around, you know. But um, <laughs> I did like Jai Courtney as I did, I did too. I did too. I thought Katana, yeah. I, I, even though she did come out of nowhere, I mean she had. That was Katana from straight out of the freaking comic book. Um, yeah. So I was okay with that. I mean, again, she's – that's all we're going to see of her. We're never going to see her extended, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I like how they did Katana. I, they're doing Katana and Arrow. Um, right. Which is pretty pretty similar too. But, um, mm-hmm. but you know, overall, um, we'll see after this weekend. But Suicide Squad is, is pacing right now. It's uh, through through Thursday – um, the eleventh, it's has done three hundred seventy million worldwide. Um, one hundred seventy nine domestically. It's tracking. They're saying it's tracking to do somewhere between another another fifty five million or so this weekend. Uh, just in the states. So, who knows worldwide? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it'll. Pro- I, I told you, I thought it would settle somewhere between five and six hundred million. Yeah, uh, which looks like it's probably going to do something like that because I I just think I just I, in the end the critical um, hatred for this movie does turn a lot of people away, mm-hmm. and it's going to suffer from that for sure. Now, did these Rotten Tomato people did they kill or, uh, try to kill uh, the Nolan trilogy? Did were they? Um, on it? I'll, I mean, I'll tell you. Uh, so back. Batman Begins. I don't think Batman Begins was that favorable. Maybe it was. Um, no, Batman Begins actually critics loved it, eighty four percent. I Aud- bet. Um, Dark Knight was even higher. Yeah, I think actually I think Dark Knight was like um, I think I've seen that before. It's like in the nineties. Um, ninety four. Yeah. Now the dark. So that that you know that that kind of hurts that um, conspiracy theory. Well, at this time, if you I mean, if you kind of think about it, this time the Marvel movies weren't really going yet. Yeah, that's true. Um, dark Knight Rises was eighty seven, even though for some reason a lot of fans you know kind of dissed it, even though it has a ninety percent audience score. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think it was the weakest of the three. Prizes. I don't know about weak. Do you think it was weaker than Batman Begins? Yeah, I mean Batman Begins was good, but yeah, um, I don't know. I think Dark Knight Rises. I I would put that. Even though I love Batman Begins, I mean I I, I mean I love all three of these movies, but mm. that'd be tough to rank between those two, really, because I think no, I go two one three. So I think Bane. Order. I think Bane was phenomenal. Um, Bane was good. This just the story. The writing, um, I just didn't think was as good as the other two. Right. 
Even though I think it was the same writer on all three of them. Yeah, but I just don't think yeah. he got it as good. I think it was too. I, I think Rises, and we can get that. That's a whole. Nother, I think Rises was a little too long. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I do, I do want to talk a little bit about Star Wars here as we get into. It. So overall, let's let's well before we do that, just overall your your feeling of the DC universe going forward. You got Wonder Woman coming out next year. You got Justice League coming out next year. You've got after that you got solo movies of Aquaman, Cyborg, Flash. You've got uh, Green Lantern Corps eventually coming out in 2020. Got Man of Steel two. You got the Batman that's getting written and directed, written by Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck, directed by Ben Affleck. What yeah. what do you feel as uh, as as we go forward over the next few years with the DC well, universe? Well, I'm I'm more hopeful and optimistic. Um, you know, I, I of 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 the three of us, meaning you, me, and Russell. Uh-huh. I think I'm probably. Uh, ranking things lower of the three of us, DC wise. Would you agree with that? Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Despite that, I am optimistic for what's coming in the future for DC, and I think a lot of that is because of Jeff Johns finally stepping in in this Kevin Feige esque role over uh, the DC EU, um, and I'm also anxious to see some more non. Schneider uh, directed movies and I'm not crapping on Schneider but uh, you know I was excited for this David Ayer Suicide Squad I kind of left me you know a little let down but I'm excited for some other directors some other writers uh, even freaking Affleck to uh, to put their mark on it and I think there's there's going to be, and I don't know what it is, what it's going to be. Maybe it's Flash, maybe it's Aquaman. I don't know. But there's going to be this one movie that just breaks out like Guardians of the Galaxy did. You know, that's just like different in tone, and it's just this this powerhouse that came out of nowhere that no one was really expecting. Mm-hmm. You know, not that anyone was, was expecting a Marvel movie to be a sleeper, but. You know, Guardians just came out and surprised a lot of people because no one knew anything about the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they weren't really expecting it to be one of the biggest Marvel movies. But right. there, there it is. So I think it's going to be something like The Flash or Aquaman, which Aquaman gets crapped on a lot, right? Oh, well, you, can, you can talk to some fish. You can talk, talk. Oh, he, he's by far the least liked superhero in the yeah, DC universe. So I think it's going to be some property like that that's just going to be this surprise critical success uh fan success so i'm looking forward to that and i'm really optimistic for it well yeah and i think um um well i mean what'd you think of like the wonder woman trailer and the just league trailer we got at the comic-con i didn't like how the wonder woman trailer was cut it didn't feel like it was a trailer to me. It felt like this was just some footage they put together for Comic-Con, but then I found out it really was a trailer. I don't know. It had wow, weird really? Yeah, it had weird pacing for me. <clears throat> but I thought the footage uh, still looked amazing, and I, I, I'm looking forward to Wonder, Wonder Woman a lot. I think it's going to be a great movie. And then the Justice League stuff? Yeah, kind of the, kind of the same. Kind of the same trailer-wise. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Trailers just aren't hitting for me, but... Um, 
That one is more up in the air for me. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm really hoping it's good. You know, this is going to be the third of this um, Schneider trilogy. So hopefully the first two have been this buildup that everyone's been waiting for and he's going to knock it out of the park. But right now I'm more excited about Wonder Woman, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I think I think Wonder Woman is going to um, obviously attract a much... I think a very large female audience. Yeah. The first in in a long time because we've gotten female-led superhero movies because not many people remember Supergirl came out a long time ago. Yeah. But a, it's been a long time since there, was, there has been a female-led superhero movie. Yeah, I mean, Black Widow never got her movie. Never got her own movie, correct. <laughs> you know? Um, um, and I also love um, period movies. Like, I love the first Captain America. Right, right. Because it was a period movie. So um, I'm excited about that, too. Yeah, and I, I, and I somewhat fear that people are going to compare this to that movie a lot. Probably. Um, but it actually is a different, I think it's a different era, isn't it? I'm not sure. Yeah, because Wonder Woman is World War One. Mm-hmm. Captain America is World War Two with Hitler. Right. So it's it's a period movie, but it's it's 1918 it's like in the you know 20s yeah versus the 40s yeah. um so it's a little even a little older but uh but no i i uh i actually love that they're sticking with the new 52 origin of of wonder woman which is stri- straight from the gods like she is right the daughter of zeus you know and yeah. uh I, I really she's the god of war and i, I and i freaking i think her outfit is phenomenal i think the way that movie looks, because it does look brighter, you know, it does look mm-hmm. more. It has a different feel to it, um, and I think she's a phenomenal Wonder Woman. You know, we kind of skipped over that one, our BVS stuff. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is great as Wonder Woman. Um, yes, and I really like how she's playing that character. So yeah, so I'm stoked about that. I'm super stoked about Justice League. I mean, I think the, the. I mean, these, and and honestly, I'm very partial to it because I'm. I'm invested in these characters for right. my whole life. And it's like, gosh, we had Batman, Superman on the same screen. And now <laughs> we're getting freaking flash and wonder woman and cyborg and aqua. I mean, this yeah. is like the only thing missing is green lantern. Right. I yeah. I don't, I don't know why they're not doing that yet. Maybe that character just costs a lot of money to do. Cause well, and, and, so and they, CG. and they struck out so big on right. you know, Ryan Reynolds. I think they're trying to make more years in between. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then I'm confused on why don't they do a Martian Manhunter? Because that's my guy, man. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy to do, but you know, I don't know. Anyway, all right. So let's uh, we'll do a little segment here. Let's jump into some Star Wars stuff. And now. Star Wars. Okay, so uh, for those of you that are obviously followers of the Inside the Force podcast that we do, me and Casey, we, we're obviously up to date on all the Star Wars things that's happening. And just the just yesterday, 
um, Thursday again, um, we got our full length trailer of Rogue One, a Star Wars story coming out this December. So obviously we haven't, uh, in fact, I, th- I was looking, I think our last podcast we did was our full review of, of, uh, uh, episode seven. Mm-hmm. So we haven't really talked about it because we didn't get a teaser. We didn't see anything. I mean, I feel like this damn movie has been so under wraps. Um, you obviously you know the story of what happens in the movie, but we just haven't seen hardly anything. And it took forever for them to release the teaser, which I think we got sometime in March, maybe February or March and April or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now we get a full length trailer. Well, what do you think about the movie, and how excited are you to see it? I keep getting more and more excited about it. Especially after this trailer. The trailer was phenomenal. Yeah. It, it looks so good. Uh, and it looks different and at the same time completely a Star Wars movie. Um, the CG especially. It just it looks like... I, I can't tell. Is it a model? Is that a model of a Star Destroyer? You know, when, when the light is revealing it? Or is that CG? Because it looks like... 1980 but better but still like 1980 i mean it, it's it ah yeah it's yeah <laughs> so good and i'm i'm really digging the way that they're going with with the with the um you got to help me out on the character's name but the blind uh kind of samurai type of role yeah his name is tough to say it's like chi, chi it's like chiwa chiu something um chitara Chitara? I don't know. No. Chitara from uh, Thundercats? Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Chitara. Um, yeah, but that, I mean... Right now, it's Chiru Imwe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, that just makes such sense that he's a, he's a Force-sensitive person who, you know, follows the Force, not necessarily Jedi, but he, you know, it's, it's like it's, it's his religion... Um, and, and the Forrest Whitaker character, awesome. It just everything just looks so good, <laughs> and it it fits. Now, do, do, do you know about Forrest Whitaker's character? Yeah, he's from uh, Rebels, right? Or we saw well, him in. Well, in, he's uh, from Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah, he was. We saw him in Clone Wars. As yeah, a kid. Yeah, yeah. He's he's mentioned in Rebels, but he's not. He hasn't been seen in Rebels yet. Yeah. Um, but he's the first. He's the first kind of transitional character from the yeah. animated to to live action. Until we get Ezra in Episode Eight, but <laughs> <laughs> or um, we might have gotten Ezra in Episode Seven. Snoke, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Guess we'll find out. But uh, you know, we're gonna get some Vader in this one. That's cool. Yep. So I, yeah, this movie looks incredible. Uh, so um, I tell you what I tell you I, I obviously am highly anticipating this movie. Um, well, but is, so is your hype greater or less than Episode Seven? Well, does this movie have the original three in it? No, <laughs> so it's not. Well, as Episode Seven high. really didn't either until the yeah, end. No, but yeah, no kidding. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, one of those didn't even speak. 
but um, but it does have Darth Vader in it instead of a burnt helmet. Very uh, true. Actual a- actual Darth Vader. Yes. And uh, of course, there's the 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 Thrawn, you know, the 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 white admiral suit thing, which just brings back a lot of memories of that book. Yes. Air of the Empire, you know. Uh, so it's just it's it, it's nostalgic in that way, you know, because those of us who read that book in the nineties, I think. Um, yes. It's just, and I know it's not that book, but it it's it, it still gives you that feeling in, of nostalgia. So I am super excited about this movie. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, you know, obviously the first non-episodic movie. Um, yeah. Now, for those of you that did not see it live when the, uh, during Celebration in Europe last month, when they started the panel for Rogue One, did you, I don't know if you saw this, did you see this? Talking about the spoiler? No, um... When did you watch it? Did you watch it live? I watched it live. I watched parts tra- of it live. So the very beginning, what they did was, and it was only you know live streamed on the during the show. But what happened was, you know, boom, you know, Star Wars logo at the very front of the movie it kind of falls back, and it's the crawl of Episode Four. So mm-hmm. it started crawling, you know, a New Hope, and then you know the first. It is it is a time of civil war, blah blah blah. But then when it gets to the second paragraph, the crawl starts tilting up and tilting up, and then it started staticking. And you hear the you hear like people screaming and a war going on. And basically, that paragraph comes full screen. And if you read that paragraph, that's this is truly what Rogue One is about. It says during you know it says like during the battle. If I can remember, I'm trying to remember, but it says during the battle. Rebel spies were able to steal the plans to the Death Star, to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Right? Mm-hmm. That is basically the plot of the movie. Which right. I never really thought of it that way when until I saw that. Like, wow, that is really the true idea where this came from. It was it's the people that stole the plans. And, you know, there's there's talks and rumors on whether or not this was like a year before episode four or six months before episode four, this movie literally takes place right before episode four. Yeah. Meaning that I I believe in the end, I mean, the end of this movie is going to be literally the plans getting sent to Leia on the Tantum four. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's what they're going for. Now, for for one, it's pretty brilliant, um, and and two, I think it's kind of locks. <laughs> I think it locks the fate of these characters in a sense. Right. Um, so, I don't, which I'll get to, but um, but anyway, overall, the trailer, yes, the trailer is phenomenal. But the only the only thing I'm because I feel like this is it. I don't know if we're going to get anything else because we're only less than four months away until mm-hmm. the release of the movie, right? Actually, I think we're pretty much exactly four months away. Yeah. Almost four months away. So, um, you know, people are like, well, we should probably get another trailer. To, you know, a couple, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to because if you think about it, we got a teaser. 
we got a behind the scenes thing, and then we got this. And we have nothing, nothing from the Empire side of the story. Yeah. We haven't even heard uh, Director Krennic, the guy you're talking about in the white, we haven't heard him speak. We haven't heard Vader say anything. We haven't heard, you know, there's rumors of Tarkin in this thing. There's rumors of the Emperor in this thing. Yeah. You know, we haven't heard anything or seen anything from the dark side of things, you know? So um, I wonder, I don't, I don't know, I wonder how much of it obviously is in there. There's You, you see some stormtroopers and you see some stormtroopers walking the, in the water and all that stuff. So they're in there. And then where, where does Vader fit in all this, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, maybe they're saving that and maybe that's a good thing because I'm talking about it and I'm like, we're, you know, what's going to happen with that stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that's the only thing I, I thought we were going to see in the trailer. I thought we were going to see a little bit more because everything they said in the trailer, we already knew, you know, oh, we got a secret mission. There's a Death Star, there's a planet uh, or there's a secret weapon that's getting tested you know, and uh, she gets a group together and they go after, you know what I mean? It's just like, we saw this in the teaser, just more footage. Yeah. But, um, but still, you know, that's fine. Uh, I would, I would rather go into it blindly uh, because, you know, it's just, because um, I told Casey this the other day. Um, the, technically, if you think about it, Chad, and you may be mad that I say this, but this is a prequel, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a prequel. It's a, it's a non-episodic prequel. It's a yes. prequel, though, right? It's a prequel to what happens in the original trilogy. So you're saying Jar Jar is going to show up? Jar Jar is not going to show up. He, he's, <laughs> he well, he may get. There might be a shot of him on Alderaan, so people will finally know what his fate is. Uh, that, wouldn't that make you happy? Yeah, it would. <laughs> See. Um, but I, I, you know, so there's, there's, there's risk with a prequel, right? Where you know what the fate of the characters are going to be, and you know what the story is going to end up being, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what I think in the kind of tied George's hands a lot. You know, obviously there's other problems, but you know, one, two, and three, you knew what you knew these characters, so you knew Obi-Wan was going to live. You knew Opadme was going to die. You knew Anakin was going to turn into Vader. You know, blah, blah, blah. This movie, though, we are introduced to all these new characters. We have no idea what's going to happen to them. So, unless you believe that they're all going to die because they're not in episode four. Uh, But you still don't know the fate of these characters. You know, obviously, the story that they're going to steal the Death Star Pines and they're going to be successful at it. So, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting how they develop these characters and how they introduce these characters. You know, the lead Jin Erso, who's played by Felicity Jones, you know, the, the guy, the bad, the, the guy that I can't remember his name. Um, the other actor that's usually plays bad guys who is playing her father, Galen, uh, Erso. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen him in any of these stuff in any of these trailers. So he's apparently the actual architect of the Death Star. Um, so there's that storyline, obviously a father daughter relationship. I did want to point out though, and I don't know if you, you haven't pulled up at all, but the very first shot of this trailer, it's that city scope shot. The right? Holy city. Huh? The Holy city. That's the Holy city. That's what I've heard. 
The holy city, the holy city of what? I don't know. Uh, but uh, they keep talking about. You see that big vertical. Well, it's on the planet. The, the planet is called Jeddah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they've ever said anything about that city. Can't remember a, now. A small desert that. moon frosted by a permanent winter, which doesn't look like winter at all. No. Jeddah is home of the home to one of the first civilizations to explore the nature of the Force. At one time, a world important to the Jedi Order, Jeddah serves as a holy site. So the whole planet, basically, is a holy site for pilgrims from across the galaxy who seek spiritual guidance. Yeah. Now, the Empire occupies Jeddah, and a prolonged battle between Imperial forces and scattered rebels carries on in the new, in the time-worn streets. So the whole planet, yeah, no, so, yeah, the whole planet is kind of one of the... Uh, yeah, you're right. The, it, the the whole the whole planet though is kind of a force sensitive planet. Mm-hmm. But anyway, didn't I don't know. Did, I I got this feeling. I don't know if you did, but that first shot of that scope reminded me of the prequels because we don't get we didn't get this kind of shot of scope and CG. In the original trilogy, obviously, until the you know until the special editions, but if you think about it, we didn't get anything like this in Episode Seven, right? There isn't a wide shot of a city or a you know obviously you had Starkiller Base, you know, but you didn't have this kind of shot in that movie because, and I think that was intentional. JJ wanted to kind of keep it even more so, like you know the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got a sense of I got a sense of a mixture that kind of bridged the gap, which this movie is right. It takes place in between the prequels and the originals, and I felt I, I felt it in this. I actually felt like there was that kind of connection of scope of the prequels, but grittiness and practicality of the originals. Um, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Which I think Gareth Edwards is just knocking it out of the park that way. I mean, I think he's because he's a huge fan. I mean, he's a huge fan of Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't just grab a good director; they grabbed a fan. And like you just said, I mean, he's making this thing look phenomenal. Um, yeah. So, um, but you know, overall, again, I, I don't feel like I, we saw some great stuff in there, but I feel like we didn't get really any more explanation of what happens with the story and possibly what happens with some characters um, because it was kind of the same people talking. But did you know another bridge here, see? Did you know that Jimmy Smith is in this movie? Oh, is he? Yep. Hmm. If you watch the behind the scenes video again, there's a shot in the Yavin 4 base and in the background and his face is kind of covered by the camera. But it's Jimmy Smith's, and he's confirmed hmm. that he is in it. Hmm. So, so my prediction, and I'll, I'll throw it out here. I threw it out this one in the side the forest. But my prediction is that we see him talk about going after Obi Wan and meeting, you know, meet get Obi Wan and meet me on Alderaan, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And my other prediction is that if you if you remember episode four, when Vader um, 
and this this isn't spoilers really because obviously I haven't seen it, but this is this, I really do think this is going to happen. Um, remember in episode four when he first sees Leia, he says, um, he said uh, several transmissions were beamed aboard the ship. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you, right? Yeah. So my thing is, I think that that shot at the end of the trailer when she walks in that ship and says, you know. You know, we get a chance to change everything. You know, are you with me? And they all look at her, and he's like, all the way. I think that is like the hero shot because I think what happens is Vader invades that ship, not that ship necessarily, but a ship that they're all on after they steal everything, and he wipes them out. And they happen to just beam the, sh- the plans to Leia where... Bale is tell again. I said Bale would then tell her, "You've got the plans. Go get Obi Wan Kenobi and meet me on Alderaan." But then Vader, you know, gets in the Star Star, and that's the beginning of Episode Four. Hmm. That's how I think. I think Vader because they talk about there's this rumor in the script apparently that Vader just wipes out a bunch of rebels. Yeah, and I have a feeling it's that whole group. Because hmm. I don't, I don't think I think we see glimpses of him throughout the movie, but I don't think he's in the movie a lot. And I think he makes, I make, I think he makes his presence at the end. Yeah, could so be. You heard it here first. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if you thought that much about it. I hadn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think about Star Wars a lot. Hmm. So anyway, um, what else on anything else on Rogue One? No, I don't think so. Um, speaking of Thrawn, Thrawn's coming to season three of Rebels. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Hmm. Um. Anyway, December sixteenth, of course, that's when Rogue One comes. Real quick, uh, your thoughts on the actor they casted for Han Solo? Um, I might have to. Or even, or even the idea of a Han Solo movie. Uh, well, you know, I've said it before. Uh, I am not down for recasting Han Solo. I think it should always be Harrison Ford. Right. So, would you be okay with them CGing his face on this character, this actor? <sighs> Because I'm 100 percent for that. I guess I'm 100 percent like they did, you know, like Robert Downey Jr. and yeah. I mean, I'd be more for that than just than not. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Me too. Yeah. I am. I am actually very highly anticipating seeing the first shot of this guy what how he's going to dress and what they're going to do i'm 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 you know patiently awaiting <laughs> that mm-hmm. um all right so as we get ready to wrap up here uh go ahead and chat and tell everybody the uh the new project you're working on for the for, for 21 productions it's called it's bourbon night and it is uh First and foremost, a YouTube channel 
we don't have the um, needed subscribers to where we can actually change the URL. So right now it's like 974-40, you know, whatever. Yes. But just uh, just search It's Bourbonite on YouTube and you can find the channel. Um, we have two of the of the flagship episodes up right now. Third one is filmed and in the edit. And we're also doing these smaller videos called Uncorking. Um, but it all revolves around bourbon, of course, and the lifestyle of it. A lot of uh, edutainment, if you will. Did you bring back that word, full circle. Uh, basically telling you all about bourbon, all about the, the options that you have out there to enjoy it, to explore it, learn more about it. It's uh, it's history and heritage, and uh, you know it's more popular than it's ever been, ever. So it's uh, it's a bourbon boom like we've never experienced before, and I've been a longtime fan of it ever since I became of legal drinking age. But uh, now is definitely the time to um, impart the knowledge that I have slowly been acquiring about it to those who are just getting into it and those who are wanting to expand their knowledge on it as well. So look look for that out there. We, we do a lot of uh, blind taste tests, blind flights, because it is of our opinion that um, marketing and names and labels can get in the way sometimes. So we like to take all that out of the mix if we do a, a blind flight of four bourbons, you uh, don't know what you're drinking. You don't know the story behind it or the cool marketing or w- whatever it is. It just comes down to, is it good or not? Would you recommend it or not? You know? Right. So uh, so that's so that's what's going on right now. Huh. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, our... Yeah, our first episode was uh, the culmination of 50 bourbons under $25. So we did a a bracket style um, where it came down to 16 total flights. And we did our final flight on that first episode. And we talked about the flights leading up to that. And they were all bourbons under $25. And so tune into that to see our recommendations for the, the best two bourbons under $25. Uh, second episode is Bourbon 101. It's everything you need to know, but we're too drunk to ask. Everything you need to know, but you're too drunk to ask? <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's kind of what we came up with. Yeah. But uh, everything you wanted to know, but we're too drunk to ask. But you can also watch the 21 Days of Seton episode of Bourbon Night. That's right. That's uh, right. That was inspired off of uh, actual events. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even our theme song for It's Bourbon Night is um, very similar to the theme song that was right. made for Bourbon Night, the episode of mm-hmm. Seaton. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so check that out. Uh, the playlist, yeah, um, the playlist is on 21 Productions, and of course, Bourbon Night is Bourbon Night. Search that on YouTube to get to its channel. And of course, you got. I think you got you got an Instagram account for it, right? Uh, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all it's Bourbon Night. It's Bourbon Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, right on, right on. Um, 
So what else we got? What else you got? Is that it? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> That's it. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back with some more episodes here on a regular basis. Uh, get Russ back on here. We'll talk all things 21 Productions as we uh, geek out over it. So w- real quick as we close out, Chad, you said, what, what are you watching these days? Well, I just finished watching uh, Stranger Things. It's a Netflix Stranger original. Stranger Things, yeah. Stranger okay. Things. And I could not recommend it more. I haven't been this excited about a show since Breaking Bad. So really? If that tells you anything. Yeah, yeah. totally. It's huh. only eight episodes. They're about, you know, 45 to 50 minutes. They kind of vary, but they're normally around that length. And it's just, if you're a fan of Spielberg, if you're a fan of John Carpenter, if you're a fan of um, 80s movies, mm-hmm. then you need to be watching this. Uh, if you like Super 8, you're going to like this. Super 8. Yeah, and then you'll like this. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I might watch the first episode tonight. Mm-hmm. You'll get hooked off the is there the Is there known, do I know any actors in it? Um, Renona Ryder. Renona Ryder is in it? Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, but she was the only one that I really recognized. This guy is dead. I thought she was dead. No, I'm joking. Um, what? <laughs> that's from Major League. Remember Major League? Yeah. Who the heck are these guys? This guy is dead. <laughs> we'll cross him off then. <laughs> you don't remember that from Major League? <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I, I just I always say that when people I haven't heard of, I haven't heard Winona Ryder's name in like years this person's dead <laughs> uh, well she's she's Spock's mom yeah yeah right I mean but that's still that was like four years ago four or five years ago yeah um, I don't remember you know before that I, I remember in uh, that Adam Sandler movie Mr. Deeds oh right right you know that's really yeah. uh, I don't remember besides that it was Beetlejuice. <laughs> right. Man. Uh, which I think they're making a Beetlejuice too, aren't they? Uh, I could have swore I saw that they were making a Beetlejuice too. Maybe. Well, there was always that rumored Beetlejuice 2, Beetlejuice Goes to Hawaii or whatever, like forever ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. You didn't see Ghostbusters, did you? No. Nah. Yeah, that movie I think tanked. Yeah, I just don't. I, I, just, I don't know. I, I watched a lot of reviews of it. Yeah, the bad or yeah. good? Um, they seem to all be bad. <laughs> and it was weird. That I don't really want to get into it because it would take too long. But there was a conspiracy about this one blogger uh, YouTube channel that like popped up around the same time that production was starting on Ghostbusters and his mm-hmm. very first. Like, he was building his channel. He has, like, 230 subscribers. But somehow he got invited to the premiere, and he gave this glowing review of it. But all of his other videos weren't movie reviews. This was his very first video that he put up that was a movie review. And people were like, how did this kid get invited when he has, you know, like, 230 subscribers? Why was this his first movie review? You know, why is it a glowing review? Uh, You know, this kid is on Sony's payroll, 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this goes to show you about Rotten Tomatoes. Critics rated this 74%. Well, Ghostbusters? Yes. <laughs> but only an audience score of 57%. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I watched this one review by Comic Book Girl 19, who basically said, it's important to to be honest about about Ghostbusters. If you didn't like it, which she didn't, say you didn't like it. She was like, there was there's so much stuff tied up in the movie about you know um, you're sexist if you don't like it. And oh, she's yeah. like, if you don't like it, it is very important to say you don't like it and stand behind it. And this movie is terrible, and it's actually um, it's like opposite of feminist. It's an opposite feminist movie. Uh, oh. Sorry. Yeah, so she she just went off on it about how terrible it is. <laughs> but I don't know. When it comes on, you know, if it comes on Netflix or something, something where I don't have to pay for it, um, I'll probably check it out out of curiosity's sake. Yeah. Okay. Cool deal. Yeah, I might I might check it out if it yeah, if it hits uh, Netflix or something. Yeah. All right, uh Thanks for listening. Um, thanks for hanging out with us and coming back to us. Uh, 21podcast.com, we can get all the shows. And of course, as long as you're still subscribed to us on Stitcher Radio, Tuner Radio, or iTunes, we'll be in your feed. Um, again, stay tuned for a lot of changes here coming on the 21 family of networks. Um, we're working on some stuff. So anyway, he's uh, Chad Perkins21 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm D Cottingham21 on Twitter. Of course, check out It's Bourbon Night. Check out the 21 Network for all the other shows we got going on still. And that's it. That's all I yeah. got. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. So for Chad Perkins. Good night, Ned. <laughs> Good night, Ned. <laughs> Three Migos, of course. Of course. God, they ever remake that movie, I'm going to burn Hollywood. Oh, yeah. That'll be the day that I just quit. Yes. I resign. I will resign for sure. All right. uh, For Chad. Yep. I'm Dave. We're 21 Productions. This is the 21 Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This has been a production of the 21 Network. For more great podcasts, visit 21network.com. To view additional content, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash 21network. Follow us on Twitter at 21network for the latest news and updates. The 21 Network, for the fan and all of us.